tell him about the Twinkie. What about the Twinkie? I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day! All of our team. And welcome back once again to Gag Reel, the unasked for and completely unnecessary podcast that we keep doing because no one has stopped us yet, <laughs> where we talk about comedy television and comedy movies, and and hopefully you come and enjoy the ride. So I am your host, Ryan Scanlon, and as per usual, I'm joined by my brother, Will. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? Yeah, how are you doing, Will? I'm doing good. It's been a whole week since we last recorded. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely it is for sure not just been a few minutes <laughs> did you check the news that has happened since last week yeah yeah apparently you know martians wizards you know the good stuff robots all the all the stuff everything i've always wanted to happen came true you know nanobots nanobots richard dean anderson like saved everyone i don't know <laughs> I guess yeah macgyver is real is what we learned this he week he aged so. himself too we don't need to tell listeners what they already know because they lived that week. Yeah. I think what we need to talk about, though, is the business school. Le business school. We should head over to campus and bring back all those old memories that we would have made. That we would have made. All right, so sitcom structure. This is our third time, fourth time doing this. I forget. This is a special thing we do here and there where we completely rip open a, a sitcom episode and break it down beat by beat just to kind of see how it ticks and enjoy its humor in a robotic way. I, I like doing this. All right, so um, business school. As I said a week ago, sitcoms have uh, modern sitcoms have a three-act structure with a cold open and a tag at the end. And um, in this, uh, and so um, with some episodes of The Office, the cold open has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. That's something that tended to happen more and more as the show went on. Um, however, with this episode, it bleeds directly into the main plot. So in said cold open, Kevin shows up late to work and apparently he had a flat tire and nearly died. But uh, no one cares. But yeah, nobody, nobody cares. Especially not Michael. No, because Michael has been invited by Ryan, the temp, to speak at his uh, business school today uh, as a, what, a visiting professor or special lecturer emeritus? No, just a guest speaker. And uh, so apparently uh, students who invite their boss to class are bumped up a full letter grade. And uh, what could go wrong? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, definitely not a, a sitcom episode. No. <laughs> um, and so the, the the cold open ends with Michael trying to compare being a boss like is akin to being a teacher and how he'd be like the cool teacher, like the one in eighth grade who used to hang out with the kids. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, that, that went well. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting, like watching this for the beats, because it, it made me think about, you know, how the office and the other office and, and trailer park boys kind of took this style, this mockumentary format that like Christopher guest had done so well mm -hmm. and, and used it around that, that structure of like, okay, let's use the excuse. Of, like, let's use an interview for an excuse of just a great kind of little stinger gag before the commercial. Yeah. And they're usually doing it 
as these really smart scene transitions or you know to to just do add a punchline to the end of uh end of a scene end of an act yeah. and yeah i feel like that this sequence works so well and you just you you uh yeah you just you end it with a great punch by the talking head and i think the next scene does the exact same thing really well yeah of course <laughs> i i absolutely okay so act 1 starts off uh we're back to the a plot a plot being the one introduced in the cold open. Um, and Michael is using Dwight to help him get ready to go to business school, gathering books, prepping speeches. He asked Dwight what, what the most inspirational thing he ever told him was. And that was, don't be an idiot. Yeah. And then Dwight explains the whole thing and yeah, turns it into a great joke, yeah. which was already a funny concept. The fact that, yeah, he took, uh, he took uh, that, uh, that to heart, you know, yeah. don't be an idiot. But. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think... Would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. <laughs> um, so a plot continues, and uh, Ryan is driving the two of them uh, uh, to the school, and Michael is way too over enthusiastic and wants to. Uh, he he doesn't understand college. They they kind of established that here. I think beforehand we didn't really get a grasp of that, unless that was teased in another episode. But I no, feel like this. Uh, yeah. I feel like th- this dialogue really cements. Oh, okay. He did not go to a traditional college, if any. And uh, yeah, yeah, he has no clue what he's about to get into. Yeah. And so the next scene establishes the C plot. Uh, normally, you do you establish the B plot before the C, but this time it was, it was a little uh, flip flop. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you here if you considered the the bat to be the B or the C plot because. I feel like even though the art show doesn't get as much screen time, it does get like the ending pretty much. Yeah. You know? See, structurally, it has to be considered the C plot. Okay. But the, uh, just just the amount of scenes each one has. Okay. Uh, a plot gets the most scenes. B plot gets the second to most scenes, and uh, C plot gets uh, usually just one per act. Okay. Of course, this is uh, interesting because of the fact that both the A and the, I mean, both the B and the C plot only get one scene each in act one, The but the B plot does get two scenes in act two. Um, of course, they're all just quick jokes. Then most of these scenes are all just a couple lines of dialogue moving on. Yeah. They're fast and they're, they're, they're they get to the point and they move on. Um, but uh, I think thematically, the the art show would absolutely be considered the B plot. That's that's the one that, in fact, it it rolls itself right into the A plot, which the C plot, or which the 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 traditional B plot of the bat really does nothing other than it's a fun distraction. Okay. But yeah, we roll right into the C plot, which is Pam and Roy discussing Pam's art show on the on the dramatic long term plot things side of things. Yeah. They're back together, and um, on the episodic plot side of things pamp is trying to invite everyone to her art show and this also you know it talks about it shows a little bit of jim his situation which ties into you know this episode a little bit with like him and karen doing the pranks but uh yeah just i feel like this is a little unlike you know the simpsons and it's always sunny like we've talked about before where uh it's sunny sunny does very like somewhat loose uh season-long plots, but uh, and they've done some that are heavier than others, but it's like it's not as serialized as The Office with, you know, character romance yeah. kind of being a big thing every season. We talked about last episode about what it was that makes such big fan people 
out of the show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's that aspect. The romances. Not just the romances, just the fact that it's serialized and you're mm, watching yeah. a big story. And even though it has its downsides and it has its ups and downs and the, and the plot goes nowhere sometimes and the and the episodes just get really bad, you're watching the ongoing story and you're forgiving that stuff because for a while it was so close to real life that you kind of, oh yeah, characters, people can, can flip-flop and be weird sometimes. Sure. And, and so you kind of forgive the faults. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I know. I think we go back to campus now, and yep. we, we, he says this joke that I, uh, I, I botched earlier. Yeah. Campus brings back so many memories that I would have made. So uh, on to the B-plot. The introduction of the B-plot is when Dwight discovers animal droppings by the reception desk. And immediate... Which it just gets straight to the point. It shows the poop, shows Dwight, he says animal stool, and, and it's like, okay, here's the other plot. Yeah, then he immediately pops into the ceiling and thinks it's a bird and then nope it's a bat and pandemonium is created um this this sequence reminded me very much of the later episode uh i believe it's stress relief when uh, dwight intentionally simulates a fire and everybody loses their damn minds (laughs) and um yeah they all think they're gonna die and they try and throw chairs at the window and it, it it's probably one of the funniest scenes in all of the show. But uh, it kind of reminds me of that, where Dwight is trying to be a badass and do something that will solve a problem, and instead he creates a problem. He should have remembered his, uh, his, his, his most inspiring saying from Michael. It was a don't be an don't idiot. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, that's true. Which, um, yeah, and, and I feel like that it's so quick and so to the point. Uh, yeah, it sets up this plot super well and just that one scene... Just like you know, the uh, the the Pam uh, Pam art stuff is set up in the in a few previous scenes, and now we get in the next scene, Michael. Uh, we we get some dramatic irony here of us as the audience seeing the 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 catastrophe that's about to take yeah. place. Of Michael, we we know in the next uh, next moment he's gonna walk into you know a room that has been is set. doubting him yeah. already. Is pretty much set up to set up to ask fail, him yeah. very hard questions that. Everyone, you as the audience member know he's not going to have answers no. to. But yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah, as the yeah as the tease for Act Two, the the final scene in Act One, yeah, Ryan is uh, prepping the class that uh, Michael is a manager in a business that is doomed to fail. Michael can't hear it, and um, yeah, is sure that he's saying good things. <laughs> but yeah. uh, so we get some commercials. Uh, watching it free on Peacock, I got the full experience of the TV show structure here. Cause I, I, I got to watch a minute and a half of commercials. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'm on, I'm paying for Peacock just cause, um, <laughs> I got it when, uh, season the, the show, the MacGruber show came out. Oh, I still haven't watched that. And, um, but I'm on the ad tier though. So I did have ah. to see the ads. Um, and so, yeah, we go roll into act two and act it's two. uh jump into the B plot again. It's a full, Catastrophe. Yeah, people are freaking out. Uh, Angela has like a plastic uh, babushka. Yeah, they do a little fun montage of uh, of talking heads. I think it's three of them, one after another. Everyone's freaking out, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
which makes, you know, uh, this kind of turn where I feel like this is the real plot of the bat thing. Jim yeah. with, with the vampire prank here. Yeah, he uses the situation as an opportunity to play with Dwight's fantastical perception of the real world. I feel like that that's that's what this scene sets up super well. And uh, yeah, I feel like that's kind of the real joke of the whole bat thing. I feel like it was all just for this. Oh, yeah, it had to be. Um, it gave all the characters something to do, but it was mostly for this. Yeah, to go off on a little side tangent here, uh, apparently Joss Whedon was involved in this episode. Did he direct he it? He did direct was he, it. He, he was did, a guest yeah, director for this episode. And, which um, Vampire and Buffy turned, the Vampire it was, Slayer. It was an unintentional happenstance that worked out. Okay. Yeah. Funny little unintentional Easter egg there of the guy who made the vampire show directing the show in the vampire episode. Yep. But obviously the, the, uh, the, uh, the fates have gone against, or maybe just uh, bad decisions and being a gross man have turned against Joss Whedon. Yeah. So forgive me if, if we're bringing him up, but, uh, yeah, he's a uh, in- interesting coincidental fact there. Yeah. There's a real big deep dive article into that whole situation that I can't remember where it was published. Maybe Salon, but I'd recommend checking that out if you want to know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, he was just a, a bad dude to ladies on, on the sets of those shows, apparently. And uh, so, not yeah. a great boss, kind of kind of an angry little man. Back to the now show. we know there's a prank going on. Jim's going to vampire prank. And we, we get back to uh, Michael beginning his bomb uh, of a speech here yeah so he uh, walks in with the boombox <laughs> yeah playing classical music and now without further ado i present the regional manager of dunder mifflin scranton michael scott <clears throat> hello everyone i am michael scott hello. And um, then immediately sets about uh, tearing up a student's textbook to try and inspire the students, <laughs> forgetting that this isn't public school where you're given textbooks. Or actually, no, he didn't forget it because he apologized right he afterwards. He brings it up. Yeah, yeah, he says, I know these are expensive, but, you know, this lesson is worth its weight in gold. <laughs> and I like how at the end of that, he says, all right, I think you're inspired. And then he starts going into his fake yeah, the, business uh, talk. Yeah, the four kinds of businesses, you know, tourism, <laughs> food service, railroad, sales. And hospital slash manufacturing. I feel like this whole, this act two is fun. Lots of little fun moments. But uh, I feel like this episode like really picks up towards the end of act two. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the, most of it is just cross-cutting between, oh, back prank joke, Michael bombing joke. Back prank joke, Mike, Michael bombing again. Exactly. Um, yeah, so we get back to the B-plot and Jim is still messing with Dwight and... Uh, Trying to convince him he's a vampire. Um, I didn't write this part down. This is the uh, the garlic scene, correct? Yes. Okay. I think so. This is when uh, Karen joins yeah. in. Yeah. That 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 garlic just burned me. The garlic bread just burned me. It's ice cold. Mm. That's <laughs> strange. And um, and then we have Michael with his chocolate bars. Yes. It was a very memed moment from the episode. Yes. And um, yeah, it's it's quick. It's it's goofy. You know where he's berating berating the audience over the very 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 simplistic kindergarten version of what a business does yeah yeah it, it's he's more into the theatrics of it than anything else i feel he like he just wanted yeah he just wanted to make wordplay and throw candy at people yeah and um and 
you know, the audience, of course, they're flabbergasted and they don't know what to say. And he assumes by them not saying anything that they don't know what he's talking about. So he keeps dumbing <laughs> it down even more and more, which creates a weird feedback loop that makes it even funnier. But um, mm. so then we finally then, get back to the C plot. Yeah. And uh, which is probably one of the more cringy scenes of the episode yes. here. With, with Toby. Yeah, clear. it wants to go to her show so bad that he's actually thinking about skipping out on his daughter's play. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that, that definitely is one of the, one of the cringe moments. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but it's a quick scene. We go back to Michael and uh, he's continuing to make a fool of himself until Michael, Ryan finally, after all this time, finally interrupts Michael and tells him that this is more of a Q&A type deal. And, um, and so, okay, the, the, we're getting ready to shift into, uh, the act three turn, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, then it jumps back to the B plot where, um, Dwight is so convinced that now he forms an alliance against the forces of evil with Creed. He picked an interesting one. Like, I guess that was the one guy in the office that would have joined in. Yeah. Of of course Creed can make a, make a mop handle into a wooden stake. Um, what size? What what size do you, what size do you need? Back to Michael, and they start dropping the real questions in that class. And, um, yeah, Michael finds out about Ryan telling his class that they'll be out of business in five years. Then quick jump back to Creed and Dwight trying to catch the bat, but it gets into the goes from the conference room into the break room. Yes, which I think led to another kind of meme moment here of Kevin calling himself a hero for closing the door. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that clip a lot. Yeah. And then Great uh, funny moment. back to Michael getting really angry at the class because they don't know anything and he storms out. He's very much in denial about the, the paper industry or, uh, you know, about his lack of knowledge. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, end of act two. Yeah. And yeah. Back to commercials yeah. on Peacock. I can't remember what my commercial was, but it was a commercial. So now we are at the art show. They do some establishing shots. There's art going on. Yep. There's Pam going on. Mm-hmm. It's happening. Yeah. And uh, and it's a good break of kind of the, like, like I said before, Act 2 was kind of a constant, just A, B, A, B, A, B, which, you know, it is typical. But I feel like because the scenes are so short in the office, it did, uh, it, it started to feel a little repetitive towards the end oh, yeah, until, until they kind of dropped that bomb on Michael about the situation and he starts to kind of break. Um, but yeah, it, I feel like the uh, the art show makes for a good little change of pace here. And then there's like that super short scene of uh, Michael and Ryan just driving home awkwardly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, yeah, Michael's clearly angry and then tells Ryan to pack his things when they get back to the office. Mm-hmm. And you, you worry that, okay, Ryan's about to get fired. But um, meanwhile, B plot again. Mer- back at the office. Meredith is, has been trapped in the bathroom for a while now. And um, everyone's starting to leave. Uh, but uh, Jim keeps messing with Dwight, and uh, Dwight has been convinced that this bat is actually a vampire and has revealed that he really does now have a mop stake. <laughs> Back to the C-plot, an old lady is not impressed with Pam's art, and then uh, Roy and his brother arrive. Mm-hmm. Quickly back to B-plot, Dwight catches the bat by traumatizing Meredith. I like how he says it's magic time. Yeah. yeah he goes for it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, Meredith is always just getting crapped on, and uh, here, here it, it happens yep. in uh, probably in one of the worst ways in the show history. I think getting hit by the car was a little worse, but <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, then we get back to the art show. It's a really short one of uh, Roy and his brother leaving. Yeah, complimenting and, you know, her art in the stupidest way possible. Yeah, it's you know he, he was obviously just there for the brownie points kind of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, he doesn't really care. She's not getting the support she needs, you know, or wants. Yeah, but I mean, it was the prettiest art of all the art. <laughs> but um, and so they, uh, Michael and Ryan get back to the office, and Michael, uh, Ryan pleads for his job when he finally reveals that he isn't firing Ryan, he's instead moving him to the annex. Because And this is like what you were talking about, kind of, uh, this is, I think, what, what you mentioned in, in our last episode, you know, part one, office discussion, uh, in, in that usually the show kind of wraps up in a way that Michael Scott kind of twists stuff to show, you know, like, maybe he had some point to, you know, with some of his actions kind of thing, and uh, yeah. Maybe there is some thought yeah. behind this. Oh, yeah. he's angry at the class because, I mean, they might have schooled him with, you know, like knowledge, but he knows that, you know, it, uh, you know, like business, it's about people. Yeah, he knows how to manage, you know, somewhat, I guess. In his head, you it know, doesn't matter. Right? I think in his head, it doesn't matter what he's selling. It could be paper. It could be, you know, staples. It could yeah. be, it could be shoes. It's about people and he could you can always find a way to sell to people, but a good manager doesn't fire people. He hires people and inspires people. Mm. And so, yeah, my Ryan is going into the annex where he's going to be stuck with uh, Kelly. Ryan probably looks even more horrified of that than he would about losing his job. <laughs> Back to the C plot. Pam is overhearing Oscar's partner talking trash about Pam's art. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, things take a, a quick downturn, but then, uh, Immediately after that, Michael shows up and absolutely falls in love with Pam's work. Mm. And they kind of do a little cheat transition there of just showing the outside of the, you know, yeah, the the arts the hall or whatever, just really quickly. Yeah, kind of funny. And uh, yeah, and so uh, yeah, he sees her painting of the office and is just absolutely amazed by it, and he says. Both an inspirational quote and a funny, and funny in its simplicity and ridiculousness. That is our building, and we sell paper. Yeah, the the show goes back to commercial and cuts back to the tag at the end of Kelly being very excited that Ryan is now in the annex. Which I guess you know is maybe the next day or something. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, uh, it's probably the morning, the next morning. This was probably one long, elaborate way of getting all of the show writers into the annex so that they don't have to be in every scene. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Maybe that was kind of hidden agenda here. Well, there, uh, it was intentional with Mindy Kaling and Paul Eberstein's characters. Because oh, okay. if, they, if they were in the main area, they would have to be in all the background shots. And if they yeah. were in the background shots, they couldn't write because they were too busy being a part of the show. Yeah, And so like they would duck BJ Novak out for no reason. And suddenly he's just not in any of the shots. Like where'd he go? Or they'd have him run errands. And so I think, yeah, this episode was just a long elaborate way of uh, getting him back there. So they they could, uh, they could uh, avoid having to deal with that. But uh, yeah. And so that is an episode of the office. And I I think we have a few minutes here to do a quick, I, I, I think since this show is, now in the uh it's getting close to the kind of 20 year mark it's getting close yeah we've been doing this podcast for yeah a long time now 
But uh, since I, 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 since two thousand and two, we're hitting the twenty year mark next week. But uh, yeah, yeah, two thousand five is when the office started, and uh, we're we're in twenty twenty two now. We're a few years away from this being twenty year old show. Uh, so I think it it we, we I think we should do a quick how has it aged for this episode. Yeah. Um. Okay. Not bad. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like just the Michael Scott character overall, especially back then. Like I feel like this isn't one of the more egregious examples, but you know I feel like he he is one of those characters. Uh, and I think we talked about this a little bit in the "It's Always Sunny" episode. Um, just like you know, characters that are you as the audience realize you know they're they're being ignorant, they're being dumb, and it's like where's the line for that kind of thing? And, and where where is there a line that that can cross? Like where is it where an audience completely is in on it? Or where, where, where do they cross where an audience is enjoying that for the sake of it being a racist or a sexist character? It, I always thought that they did a very good job of straddling that line better than some. Yeah, of making it so that the show itself points out his ignorance. Yeah, like they made it very clear that he has to learn something by the end of the episode. Mm. And so that the audience, if they somehow identified with him, yeah the rest of the show would have to tell him no no yeah yeah. like that and i feel like a lot of the examples like the example in this episode when it comes to like kind of weird racial joke is like i think a lot of the michael scott ones where it's like him attempting to be not racist but in the most awkward racist way of him him pointing out ryan and the business school people all on their ivory tower (laughs) and ebony (laughs) tower <laughs> yeah it's true yeah that was it's it pretty it kind of cringy yeah and definitely like you know obviously not okay kind of thing no. but one of those weird things where it's like you know does the character kind of make that work yeah exactly but yeah i think this episode's pretty you know kind of it's a sitcom you know it's pretty yeah sanded around the corners there's not going to be that much offensive stuff in it and yeah i think yeah. No, I, or I couldn't. I couldn't see a moderate audience like pointing out a crazy amount in it. I couldn't either. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think we should zip on out of here and get prepared for next episode next week, where uh, we're we're going to talk about a movie that I I hope has aged well, but I really don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time. The uh, I think it's a 1993 four comedy flick. I guess kind of a kids camp comedy flick. Heavyweights. 1995 film. The 1995 first uh judd apatow flick yeah yeah written by judd apatow and and uh, Stephen yeah, brill so you had judd apatow and adam sandler alum back when they were working together mm-hmm. as well and this as was uh starring early ben stiller yeah as well as yeah ben stiller paul feig before he became a writer mm-hmm. or a director yeah, and, yeah, and Keenan Thompson, Thompson, obviously. Pretty all-star kind of cast for this kind of just, you know, random kids movie. But, uh, yeah, I remember it being hilarious, but it's been a while since I saw it. We'll, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. But uh, until then, yeah, go right in to gagrealpod at gmail.com or go to gagrealpod.com or, uh, or don't. It's up to you. Yeah, your choice. It's up to you, man. But have a good one. Gagadoodle dandy. Keep it real. Gag real. It's over now.